Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, Claire here. Just a heads up, this episode brings up some pretty heavy themes, particularly around suicide. If you find this triggering at all, please contact Lifeline in Australia on 13 11 14. If you're in the UK, you can contact supportline.co.uk for lots of different places and also the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline.org if you're in the USA and just the appropriate place for you if you are outside those areas. Big love to you today and on with the show. Bing bong, bing bong, bing bong. My goodness, welcome to Suggestible, the show where we go... We've watched a thing and now you have to listen to us talk about it. <laughs> that is true. The dulcet tones of that man over there is James mm-hmm. and I am Claire and we are married and we are saying hello to you. Hello. That's right. We're in a bit of a rush this week, so don't mind us, but we might just jump straight into the suggestors. Yeah, balls. enough of this dilly-dallying but don't at you the want start. To, what, what about your, your newsletter, Claire? Do you want to quickly do that? Oh, yes. All right. So I have a newsletter. It's called Taunts. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I know. That's what some of my friends call me. You can call me a two, Taunts. No, you can't because you're, you're not friends with Claire. So you can't. <laughs> anyway, it's a little piece of writing about what I, what's been on my mind that week. Also some bonus recommendations, a little bit more mm. writing about what we talk about on the show. And I put in a whole lot of uh, YouTube links and things and also one recipe a week just for you. Recipe. Sounds very French and and exotic. Anyway, the link to subscribe, if you would so choose to, is in the show notes below. Uh, Or on my Instagram, you can follow the link there too. I agree. I agree. I can't argue with any of that. Correct. At Claire 20. That's it. Enough self-promotion. Yes. Goodness, everyone's sick of it already. Let's promote some other things that people have (laughs) Created by other people. Do you want to go first? Let's talk about that Oprah interview that we both watched. Ooh, all right. Okay, so in case you were living under a rock deep in the earth, like some kind of hobbit who was living with Gollum for years. Sounds amazing. In the dark. Oh, um, incredible. Oprah just interviewed um, Meghan and Harry. That's Prince Harry and Meghan. Meghan Markle. That's Duchess. Uh, yes, on Maybe. CBS. Anyway, somehow yeah. you, for, through the magic of technology and ExpressVPN, actually, you managed to uh, get me the, to watch it the live. live yes. And I have to say, I on one hand, as our dear friend Mace said to me, it's none of my business. I don't want to watch it because it's people's <laughs> lives and it feels terrible. On the other hand, I kind of felt like it was my Super Bowl. Yes, you <laughs> did say that. See, I I was uh, it, it I was bored and unsurprised by any of the revelations because I don't know if you know this about me, but you I hate the Royals. always thought the Royals were fucking awful and pointless. Well, always, that's a bit and they mean. always have been because they just acquired a bunch of land like twelve hundred years ago, and they're just like we just have this money and we are somewhat in charge. I know less so now than they used to be. They wield all this power and influence for no other reason. The person in charge is just the next person who's born. Yeah, that's fucking normal. That's totally fine. It's just one of the things that we all accept is just a thing all that right. exists. I totally, I accept what you were saying. However, James, the outfits, the dresses. Fuck them. 
The Gothic. Fuck them all. Oh, they no. shouldn't have any of that stuff. The, the um, you know, the Commonwealth and trying to do good in the No, world. they ruin shit. They have spent a thousand years just ruining other yeah, countries. No, you're absolutely right. And their own country and just stepping on people and stealing shit. They're fucking awful. Okay, I'm however, sorry. I'm sorry. I kind of do love the Queen though. Look, here's the thing. I, love I, I don't Queen think Elizabeth. I don't even think the I don't think the Queen's the problem. I think as mentioned no, in this I think interview, she's a very admirable uh, dedicated I agree in person a lot of ways. in a role that she probably never wanted and wasn't it's an, necessarily It's an impossible for position. And because it seems like a lot of the people that were at fault here are the people around the royals and are running things or whatever. It does seem like a system that a lot of them are just trapped yes, in or correct. don't even know that they're in. Exactly. Okay, so here is... Also, I just want to quickly oh, say also, yeah, I know yeah, there's an element okay. of like, oh, boo-hoo, Meghan Markle, she's rich and he's a prince and whatever. Like, putting all, like I know that. Putting that aside, it's still like a very awful situation that they were in. All right. Okay. Thank you for your rant. I'm not can finished. I? Can I? I? <laughs> I'm not. So, I'll never be finished. So good. All right. Okay. So there's a few things at play here. One, obviously, if you haven't watched the interview and you don't know anything about Meghan Markle and Prince Harry and what's happened, basically, um, there was a huge political and media kind of frenzy around them deciding to relocate to Canada first and then mm-hmm. into the US, and ostensibly Harry leaving the royal family. Yes. Um, and so there's a long history here, and obviously I also have loved The Crown and watched the most recent version of The Crown. It is not entirely accurate, obviously. They've taken a lot of artistic license with that show. However, I do think it gives you quite a good insight um, as Harry said in a recent interview that he did with, um, is it James Gordon? James Gordon. Gordon Ramsay. No, what's his name? You know who I mean, Gordon. Flash Gordon. I never remember anyone's name. You know, and he does the cast karaoke and you don't particularly like him as a comedian. Gordon Lightfoot. Okay, you're sorry. James Corden. You always do this to me. <laughs> James Corden. I was right. Well, almost right. <laughs> oh, anyway. Also, I don't not like James Corden. I mean, completely indifferent All right, to James okay, Corden. Well, I like him. Anyway, I want to really watch that Into es- the Woods movie that he's in. Sorry, go on. I especially enjoyed him doing carpool karaoke with John McCartney. Yeah, John McCartney. <laughs> Is he in a, like, any relation oh to John God. Lennon? All right. Sorry, go on. I'm having a bad week. I haven't had a lot of sleep. We've had a newborn. I'm not really good at names Look, at the James, best of times. I'll let James Corden slide. But John McCartney? <laughs> Come on. It's a it's a portmanteau of John Lennon and Paul McCartney. Yeah, that's a fair and point. That's a fair point. Together. That's a fair point. Anyway, they okay, live so in the same space. Yes, <laughs> I've gone completely off topic here. Anyway, uh, as Prince Harry told James Corden, yes, I don't even remember where I was going with this about the the, the crown. I think you were talking. Oh about? Yes, yes, about the crown, and he said that even though it's not a particularly necessarily completely accurate depiction of what happened. Yes. It is a real look at what happens when your lives are being controlled in that kind of environment. Sure. And and you are kind of subject to media scrutiny. And the story of Princess Diana and his mother and what happened there and then the footage of them walking as two young boys, his brother as well, William, mm. behind the coffin of their mother while just thousands and thousands yeah. of people are just watching them. Awful. It's yeah. just horrendous. And so I know on one hand they have a huge, huge wealth and power and all of these yeah. things, but I think the flip side of that is that they're clearly also trapped within a particular yes. system. Just let me finish. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not saying like obviously in the world there are people with in- incredibly difficult lives. Yes. So I'm not saying we should all just completely fall at the feet of the rules and say, oh, poor, poor lives, poor you. Mm. 
But what I do find so fascinating and what I think makes it the Super Bowl for me is, Mm. A, because obviously I love Oprah and it's been touted that this is Oprah's best interview she's ever done, which I think is really interesting. No member of the royal family has ever gone on record in the way Prince Harry has done and really tried to almost dismantle the whole system. And say that they're all – that was surprising when he was like they're all trapped in it. Not that – not like I – I'm like, yeah, I know that, but for someone to actually say it. Yeah, there was just bombshell after bombshell that was Mm. dropped and for him to actually say there's rumours and all those things but for him to actually come out and say that the royal family is beholden to the media and particularly in Britain because of the way that the tabloids work over there they have to have host parties at at the palace and they're frightened of them and so they have to keep them on side and also the way he talked about the firm which is what Diana talked about compared to the actual royal family themselves and how the firm seems to be almost like a corporation or Mm. an entity that runs They've got HR. Yeah, apparently, even though he spoke about how they have to keep writing letters and emails to everyone, Mm. um, I think it's a real – another reason why I think this is so fascinating is that Meghan Markle getting married, when they did get married in that big lavish ceremony – Everybody loves a wedding and everybody loves to get on board with the princess fairy tale, right? And particularly for women, that is such a strong narrative that we've grown up with as kids. And I know I can already hear people on Facebook going, here she goes again talking about women's Well, pop down. It's my podcast. I can say whatever I like. Don't have to listen if you don't want. Okay. I'll keep talking now. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, Happy International Women's Day, by the way. Doesn't feel that happy at the moment. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Anyway, so because of that narrative that I grew up with and so many girls grew up with watching Disney princess movies and that idea of a a princess needing a prince to save her, wearing the beautiful dresses, everyone celebrates her getting married, that's the end of the story. Yes. It happened for Diana. Everyone just watched her be, you know, completely surrounded by this whole media circus but celebrated. Mm. You know, her life would never be the same. She'd be plucked out of obscurity by this handsome prince. and Handsome. Well, exactly, <laughs> but that's the narrative, right? Yeah. I'm not saying any of this is true but that's the narrative. And I think on a smaller scale in women's lives that can happen just with the, few, the brouhaha around weddings yeah. and how this idea that you're only going to be complete as a woman if you find your husband slash partner they will save you. And this is all very heteronormative as well. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so we all celebrated Megan getting married and then to see how much the commentary turned in Britain mm. and kind of uncovered not only like this really nasty streak of treating women particularly brutally. I mean, Prince Harry is beloved over there in and the it, UK. I think it also depends on. A, well, race, for one. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. There was that narrative of her being mm. a woman in the press yes. and just the scrutiny that happens to women is just 
so insane. And she didn't exactly toe the line or perceive to be the way that Kate Middleton was was seen as well. Because you look at them, they're treated very differently. Correct. But a lot of the commentary around it, and when you look at particular examples, and and Oprah brought these up, I mean, the fact that they both had avocado, one was being, you know, looking after her health, Megan was responsible for like all these terrible things, global problems with the avocado industry. You know, Megan cradles her baby bump and is seen as showing off or something. And, yes. And Kate is seen as, you know, cherishing and protecting her baby. So there's like completely stark examples, but there's also an undercurrent of racism that exists in the UK mm-hmm. that I think has really been uncovered in this interview. And when um, Megan talks about how one of the royal family members questioned the darkness of her son's skin yeah, and what that what would look what like. What that's going to look like, I mean, yeah. I think that there is, and I, maybe that's I'm wrong crazy, and right? I know, yeah. it's just, it's so devastating. So they need a, so devastating. They're, they're inbred. They need a bit of diversity. Then they shouldn't <laughs> well, be. Well, I think part of it, right, is that the Commonwealth, the majority of the Commonwealth are people of colour. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it's just like, and I think well, that's also of part the of it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I thought you know, even so, that in itself, and we're part of the Commonwealth. Mm. So I think that was one of the reasons why a watching Oprah at the top of her game interview um, two of arguably the most famous people in the world, Megan being very brave in the way she talked about her, the fact that she had suicidal thoughts as well. Yeah. And, I mean, that in itself is frightening and speaks volumes about what it must be like to be trapped within the palace walls. Because it's not only the the, the suicidal thoughts, which is not uncommon, as we know know from people we know and people who write in and, you know. But the fact that you can't, you couldn't do anything about it. You're just like, I need to go to a hospital, I need to see somebody, you can't. You just yeah, can't. Exactly. Like, what is that? That's crazy. I know. I mean, when she says that she just got her passport and her mm. keys and her driver's license just taken when she enters the palace. Yeah. I mean, the fact that you can't just call people without someone there, like from the firm, it seemed, yeah. listening to the conversation. I mean, that in itself. And then the fact that the media was just eviscerating her from every angle. Mm. Plus just being pregnant, just being yeah. a pregnant woman in the world. Can we stop for a minute? Being pregnant is brutal yeah. and hard. I mean, I'm sure there are some women out there who just love it and cherish it. And and I'm not saying I'm not incredibly grateful that I have able to have you seem ungrateful, kids. Claire. <laughs> no, but I just think it is such a vulnerable time yeah. for women for lots of different reasons. So imagine you're pregnant and you're getting that kind of scrutiny and the kind of undercurrent of racism. Mm. It's just... And she lost a baby as well. Exactly, and she talked about that openly. And, look, I think obviously Megan is not a perfect person either. and of course not. And I don't think anybody is. And obviously Harry isn't either because I've been thinking... No, exactly, and and Harry's grown grown up in this enormous, Mm. um, er, you know, privilege and power in lots of ways. Mm. But I do think in the end, I just think it's a really fascinating watch. I also think the events that are going to unfold from here will be really interesting. The impact on the crown itself. I think they're going to double down initially, at least. I don't think they're going to. They can't perceive to have weaknesses. I mean, they're shielding an alleged pedophile mm. for some reason. I know, and that was what the the headlines were: the worst crisis for the royal family in yeah. eighty five years. Um, I'm sorry. What about Prince Andrew? Yeah, <laughs> and, and also that there's came been about him. previous crises, like the time you got a princess killed indirectly by the media. You know, yeah. remember that when that happened? Yeah, not me. Not no, not you. <laughs> 
But I'm saying like the, I know, the exactly. fa- she it's wasn't protected in the about. same way that like, and they yes. mentioned this, at least Megan and Harry were together, but Diana was, was Alone. on her own. And I saw yeah. Glenn and Doyle, who you know who I always talk about, tweeted this amazing thing. She just said Prince Harry was the husband that Diana needed. Yeah. And I thought what a powerful statement and so true because at least they had each other. Mm. But Diana was completely on her own. Yeah. And the way, and I thought it was interesting the parallels between how well they did when they came to Australia and they were beloved here. I mean, yeah. she was very good at her job. Yeah. You know, say, and, and I think that in itself, and there was jealousy at play, obviously, in some way. I mean, and I just have to say before we move on, my favorite Oprah moment was when she went, Were you silent or were you silenced? And I was like, <laughs> Yeah, girl. Great. Okay, I'm done. Anyway, I I just think um it's a really, you know, it's a very interesting interview. I shouldn't have clapped. I don't know why I did that. It was that. so loud. I'm so sorry, Collins. You <laughs> the, might need the to way, take that out. The, that's fine. The way that I see it as well is and I know people are like, well, they're rich and whatever and he was born into immense wealth and privilege and all of those things. And she was, I know she started as like a waitress and worked her way up mm. and became, you know, a pretty successful actor before then marrying yeah. into his family. Not to mention an mm. independent woman of, in her own right. Exactly, yeah. And yeah. I know she's also had obviously family troubles as well, which is constantly being yeah, brought up. Yeah, but she was also an advocate for women's rights. She's always before. been. Yeah, yeah done, exactly. doing some incredible yeah. work. But the thing is as well, like, and all those things are true, but would you swap to be in that family because I sure as fuck wouldn't. There is no exactly. way I would be one. I wouldn't want to be anywhere near any of that. Exactly, and I think that's the, that is the line that you walk right because on one hand it looks like immense wealth and privilege, mm. true, but on the other hand, surrounded, trapped, your family members you don't seem to be able to trust. The yeah. media you don't trust. Your yep. own mother was killed by paparazzi. You then have to watch your your wife go through the same thing. Yeah. You have no autonomy or say over your own life. Mm. So, yeah, it's a really fine line to kind of balance those two ideas, isn't mm. it? And then exactly, and I think a massive lesson in wealth and privilege does not necessarily a happy life make. No, exactly. Yeah. Even the fact that they weren't willing to put like a, a detail, like a um, protection. To, to look like, yeah. That doesn't even make any sense. I know. I don't even know Security. What, yeah, that, yeah, that's, I don't. What, yeah, and there's, I, there's some interesting kind of insight into around that because um, their son Archie was never going to be a prince. It doesn't matter. And the, and the security detail is kind of connected in, it's paid for by the public purse and yeah. there's a huge outcry at the moment in the UK about them spending the, of the royal, like the royal family in general. I, I agree, yeah. but mm. this is a, it's a child yeah. and you put, you make, you put a, maybe cancel one of the press functions that you hold or something and no, put money towards jewels. this, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. And I think that was, to me, seemed very heartbreaking for Prince Harry and, and that's for a pri- that's the That's the priority. Yeah. I know, I know. And, look, I, I'm sure, as in all things, it's a lot more complicated than we can possibly grapple. Of course. But, anyway, I think it's a really anyway, interesting watch. Let's yeah. move on. It's antiquated and inbred and they should abolish the whole thing. It's ridiculous. Mm. It's a ridiculous system. Okay. That's the, <laughs> the final word from James. And, obviously, we're based in Australia. I'm sure if you live in the UK you have a much different perspective on this yeah, too. And it's so again it's we nothing, appreciate you writing in. It's not anything against anybody in particular that I don't like. Like you said, like I do have respect for the Queen, I do. But the fact that like you have to meet and like curtsy, it's like it's fucking it's weird. It's so weird. It's just like another person you have to curtsy in front of and say certain things. It's strange. It's yeah. so strange. 
I know. Don't get me started on having to kiss the ring of the Catholic bishop. Oh, yeah. I remember that. I, I had one of those guys <laughs> wave one of those in front of my face. I'm like, what the fuck? No. So funny. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. What's your recommendation? Okay, I've, I've just got a quick one because I do have to make a break for the door. Mm. But I'm going to talk about my breakfast oats. I've brought in a recipe, Claire, <laughs> if you don't mind. Oh, wow. This is what I've been doing. Okay, like so that. here you go. You get 55 grams of rolled oats. Measure them out. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Measure them out. Uh, mm-hmm. This is the it's about four hundred calories in this in total. Just so you know, it's it's pretty it's pretty light on calories for maybe even a bit less. Depends what you use. Anyway, <laughs> a splash of milk. It can be any milk. It can be it can be your dairies. It can be your almonds. It can be your soy's. Whatever you. I just use whatever we happen to have. Then submerge it a little bit of water so they're soaked. Right, you got that going on. Put it on the stove on a low heat. Let it all. You know, mix it up as it's in there. Give it a bloody stir so it kind of what's the what's the word, Claire? That it uh, becomes. I, I, I guess all of the whatever it's in the oats become creamy. Yeah, let's make that's it. good. You're yeah, creaming yeah, yeah. the oats. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's important not to use any like don't use any other oats with like your sugars and your whatever. Don't and your, your you know your yeah. baked yeah. or whatever. Everybody knows James is not on the sugar train. I'm not on the sugar train. Sugar free since ninety three. I got off the station <laughs> in ninety no not ninety three. I'm still back there every now and then. But uh, so, yeah, you cook it on stove um, and when it's ready, it only takes a couple of minutes, take it off, put it into a bowl, half a tablespoon of natural peanut butter. None of that added sugar stuff. That's why I've been sugar-free since 93. (laughs) So, you know, it's it's basically just nuts and oil. That's what you want. You know what I mean? Half a a teaspoon of honey just for a little bit of sweetness, a little bit of flavour. Mix that through. Take about half a banana or 70 grams or whatever it says, but it's about half a banana's fine, don't even. Peel the banana, peel the skin off the banana, chop it into like into rounds, put it on the top, maybe a sprinkling of cinnamon if you're feeling it. Some people might add some coconut. I'm not doing that at the moment. I don't need it, but that's up to you. And then go for it. It's great. It's filling. It's delicious. It's a lot going on. It sounds really it's good. It's really good. Yum. Yeah. I haven't had it actually and I don't normally eat the garbage food that you make because it always looks like cardboard. However, that sounds It's all amazing. natural, baby. All natural and I really appreciate you bringing a recipe. You're snapping it up. You're changing it up. I'm trying to. I love it. What else you got? Ooh, all right. Okay, so I have four got- four minutes before I have to run out the door. All right, okay. So I have a book- this week, um, and I finished it. I know I recommended it to you as well. I have it's started called, this book. It's yes. a little controversial. This book, I didn't realize that until after I'd finished it and went to research it for the show. It's called American Dirt by Janine Cummins, mm-hmm. um, and it's set in Acapulco in Mexico. Uh, the story is around Lydia and Luca. So, um, it, and just spoiler alert. It opens with a very brutal massacre, basically. Oh, yeah. So this is quite a heavy book. Yes. Um, so Lydia and Luca then have to go on the run because their ho- their family were all murdered by a cartel, including their um, Lydia's husband. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. in the end, and there are a few spoilers in this, but I'll try not to ruin it too much, they have to head to El Norte, which is a freight train basically, um, and it's it's called the infam- – well, they're heading to El Norte to escape to America basically from yes. Mexico, um, and they ride the freight train called La Bestia. So this is – it's um, true that Central American migrants will try to get across to – America mm. via this train because it's a freight train, which means there are no passengers, and so they ride on top of it, and it's right. incredibly dangerous. Yeah. But it allows them to skip through a lot of the checkpoints, particularly if they're fleeing a lot of the different cartels. So yes. I had no idea. I'd heard, obviously, about cartels in Mexico, but I really did not quite understand exactly why so many people were fleeing to the border. Yeah, And so in reading this without actually looking at 
um, in too much detail at Janine Cummins herself. I found it, A, very gripping and heart-wrenching. I thought they did a beautiful job of, or she did a beautiful job of explaining what the cartels are, their impact on Mexico. Lydia as a character is very um, relatable for me as a white woman. Mm. Um, She runs a bookshop in Acapulco. Um, Her son Luca is kind of like this um, geography genius kid and he's gorgeous too. So the characters they meet along the way, it's kind of like a ragtag group, are also really fascinating and I think beautifully drawn. The writing is lovely too. Oprah chose it as one of her book club picks. So mm. I think it does a really great job of building empathy around this issue. And then when you start to layer it on top of that um, the issue of families being separated at the border as well, it just kind of, for me, painted this big picture. Now, there is some criticism, one being that um, Janine Cummins has a Puerto Rican grandmother, but right. for, for quite a while she just... Um, hadn't let this fact be known and so it was thought widely online that she was white and telling a story from a migrant perspective without having that lived experience. Okay, sure. And so there was criticism online for that. Obviously, I mean, it's hard for me to comment being a white woman from Australia. But um, go on. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But here I go. Anyway, so the other criticisms were, were that it was ripped from the headlines approach to telling the migrant story in American voice for American readers and so there's still a debate, obviously, about who can tell whose stories. Um, yeah. Regardless, I still think that it's a beautiful book. Um, there's a lot of just you know, incredibly intricate writing about the desert um, and about the kinds of cities that they see along the way and also the terrifying journey of being on La Bestia. I mean, having to, which is what migrants do, run beside the train and fling yourself Oof, up on yeah. it and the risk of um, not to mention dying on the train but also then being raped or being murdered or having your belongings stolen and just the idea of living in a state and a country, and this makes me sound quite naive, where you can't trust the police, you can't trust the government, you can't trust anyone you meet, you're not sure if someone in authority is in the you know pay of the cartels um, and just the brutality of the murders that are happening over there. Yes. Um, yeah, anyway, I just, it, I really, I don't know if enjoyed is the right word. I was going to say, because like I'm struggling because I'm like, this is pretty grim. So I've, I don't think I'll finish it, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. It's very brutal. I know, because you've been, I've recommended you some books and the other ones you loved, but this one, it's very No, I'm not, grim. I'm like, I, I don't, I don't think it's badly written it's not but yeah but it is that like oh this is grim do I really need this it does make you think about what you would do in that situation because and it reminded me of stories I've heard of um immigrants from Syria too yes and how at once you're living a regular suburban mm. life and then the next second you're on the run yeah. fleeing with nothing a lot of, the a lot of times like the perception is people like these are or people living in squalor and poverty and whatever and then people are like why do they have an iPhone it's like because they were living normal lives like you would Mm. And then all that was stripped away. You know what I mean? Not that it matters, even if they were living in squalor, that doesn't mean that they're not entitled to refugee status. But there is this perception of like these people aren't like, you know, you or me or whatever. And also that it couldn't happen to me. Yeah. And I think COVID, if nothing else, and plus the bushfires and all the things that have happened to us in the last couple of years have taught us all that absolutely it can happen to anyone. And so we need to cherish life 
in the way that we have it and also try and give back where we can and uh, all the things. Anyway, it made me think deeply and I kind of had terrible dreams after after it. But Fantastic anyway, it, stuff. <laughs> yeah, was, I th- I'm still recommending it as a really important book to okay, read. Okay, well, I have to jump straight into the reviews and then you're going to have to wrap up the show, Claire, because well, i got to duck Alone. out the door. Alone. That's Alone. right. Uh, so if you do want to re- release release the show, just let us take care of that because Collings does the edit then he releases it. So don't even worry about that, all right? But if you want to review the okay. show, you can do it in app, okay? Uh, this is from Annie Oakley, 96. Just do it in app. It's so easy and helps a lot. It says a bright light in your day. My boyfriend, who was a huge fan of the Weekly Planet, got me into this incredible podcast. He recommend that I start from episode one and I have no regrets. Claire and James are a true highlight of my day. The quick banter and infectious laughs keep me coming back for more. They genuinely make me feel like they're part of their family. Keep up the great work, guys. Just to clarify as well that none, nobody listening is part of our family except for some of our family members who do listen to this podcast. <laughs> Including your but brother. No, you, Hello, Annie. James's brother. I ran into him this morning and he was listening to us. Was he really? Yep. And I appreciate it. I wish he'd bloody listen to bloke. me in real life, am I right? <laughs> All right, I really got to go. All right. Oh, but, no. Uh, good luck. On my own. On your own. Pretending he's beside I'm not, me. though. I'm leaving. <laughs> All, alone. All alone. Oh, bye. bye. Oh, guys, it's just me and you. Bye. Hello. Let's light a candle. Let's uh, tell each other secrets. Okay, is that weird? Yes, I'm now just talking to myself in a studio. Anyway, um, you can also email the show just like many of our friends have and Michelle has this week at suggestiblepod at gmail.com and we love to hear from you. This email is in relation to the story I was talking about with John Baptiste and we asked for someone who's living in New Orleans to email us in and she has. So, hello. I am a long-time listener and huge fan of the less successful podcast, Weekly Planet. I appreciate you, Michelle. Suggestible has been a wonderful addition to my Aussie podcast lineup. Anyways, I'm going to quickly type this email and send it for a chicken out. And you didn't. I'm so proud of you, Michelle. I currently live in New Orleans, originally from California, and couldn't help but email in when you asked. Music really is the lifeblood of this city and culture. That's why I moved here. Street performance is huge because you make decent money from all the tourists. It would be very easy to find someone on the street who can sing and play the crap out of a tambourine. If the Sunday family ever ends up in NOLA, I would love to show you around. I attached a couple of videos of cool New Orleans music stuff. She absolutely did, and it's really, really awesome. I'll get Collings to put in a little bit of the audio from that. Cheers, Michelle. Thank you so much for writing in, Michelle. I would love to hear from you if you would like to write in. And that's it. Oh, this week. Uh, yes, happy International Women's Day to all the women out there. Cool. Should I just finish the show by singing a little bit more of uh, On My Own from Les Mis, one of my favourite musicals, On My Own? No, I won't do that to you. But Collins will put in some cool New Orleans music. All right, till next week, we've been to Just Wool Potto. See ya. This man who all every Sunday, we take over the streets, parading, partying, people dancing. The style of second line dancing. There's no wrong or right way, but the footwork, that's what's up with. A really good dancer. It's all about putting on the show. It started generations before me. Even my grandmother got footwork. It's just part of my blood, it's part of my culture. Part of the way I live. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.